Welcome back to the Lori and Julia Book Club. We have another amazing book for you guys to read. This is uh, Mother May I is the name of it. And New York Times bestselling author Jocelyn Jackson is joining us for her latest book. Hello, Jocelyn. Long time no talk. Hi, it's so nice to talk to you guys again. I know. Yes, we've had you on. I think we had you on for Gods in Alabama Alabama. way back when. A little bit ago. A little (laughs) bit ago. And uh, you've written, is this your ninth or tenth novel now? Tenth novel. Tenth novel. Congratulations to you. That is so exciting. Okay, tell us about your latest book, Mother May I. We will just say that it is a page turner. Uh, We give it all the accolades. Highly recommend this book. Oh, thank you so much. It's about a woman named Bree Cabot, a wife and mom, who looks away from her youngest for one second, and he's gone, and... You know, usually when that happens, the kid's squirted under a bush to look at a bug, and it's fine. Um, But this time it's not fine. Uh, She finds a note that says, go home, don't call your husband, don't call the police, do exactly what I say. And and she finds out very quickly the kidnapper is another mother. Um, And if you've read any of my books before, you know this is not a straight-up kidnap and ransom. In my books, the past has teeth, the past has a pulse. And the past is coming for Brie Cabot in this book. It, it is, is so good. It's heart-pounding. Yeah, it is I mean, really seriously. a hard one to put down. I mean, I just kept finding, I read it, I finished it a couple of weeks ago, and it was nice out. And I just kept finding reasons to stop doing what I was going to do so I could just sit Keep down reading and read it. Oh, thank you. I'm so, I'm so glad you enjoyed it. Like, when I... I sat down, I wanted to write a book that you could pour yourself a drink and go out in the beautiful weather and put your feet up and have a great time, but you could also, if you wanted to, read it with your book club because there's plenty of stuff to talk about. There yeah, are there plenty re- of things. It- there, there really is. Was there anything that inspired this book, or was this just a book you just had the idea and then you have such a great imagination you could just run away with it? Um. Well, you know, every, every book seems to come from about a million places. It would be fair to say, I, I don't want to give any spoilers away, yeah. but there's a, an abandoned amusement park mm-hmm. that features in the book. And I, I get a lot of inspiration from art. I really like to go to little galleries and museums. And um, Abandoned America is a series of f- photographs, art photographs by Matthew Christopher that when I was looking at them, I thought, oh, I need to set scenes. And they're, you know, these abandoned amusement park photos are so creepy. That is creepy. We're just going to uh, we're gonna agree with you, Jocelyn. Yeah. If you're just joining us, we're with Jocelyn Jackson. The book is Mother May I. And um, I don't know that we've ever heard that from anybody, that they're inspired <laughs> writing based on art. You know, I don't know that we've ever heard that before. That's very different. I like. Um, I think it's even been amped up because of the pandemic because (laughs) I like to get ideas from going places, talking to people, smelling different environments, and I haven't been doing a lot of that. So I've been even more dependent on just looking at images of interesting places and things. Sometimes you'll look at a painting and think, like, what is she thinking? And that will start a character in my head or, or look at a place and think, like, this place creates this kind of mood in me, and art is the best way to do that. Yeah, that's so I, true. I think it's just... You know, um, one of the themes of your book 
which I think, I mean, really, it resonates in many, many ways, you know, throughout this country and many things and and how people behave. But shame, you know, people's shame that they feel it's a it's a motivator. It's sometimes it's a thing for not doing anything. But talk to us about that. Yeah, I think that we don't. I don't know, there's this weird thing we have in this country where the way you, it's fine if everybody is in their nice clothes and it looks good externally. And as long as it looks good on the outside, it doesn't matter what kind of horrible rot is happening behind. And I think that's so backwards. Like if you actually want to be a good person, the way to do that is to own up to the things that you've done wrong and try to make amends for that. But we do, you know, we don't, we shove everything under and then the the things that happen to make sure all those things stay hidden get even worse and worse. So it's like a lie. It just, you know, Manifest. rolls down the hill and gets bigger and bigger and bigger until it's smashing whole worlds and other people. Well, I still think one of the strongest things that a, a mom might say to her kid that will really make you pause is, don't you have any shame or shame on you? You know, like if my mom ever said that to one of us kids, we would be like, it would stop us in our tracks because it would be about the worst thing she could say to you is accuse That's you of that. That's some good momming, though. I mean, yeah, <laughs> right. I, we, we always say like, I mean, I think in some ways shame is really good. Like we shame people for the wrong right. things. Like people should feel ashamed of their behavior, not Mm -hmm. who they are, because you can change your behavior. And everybody makes mistakes. Everybody does things that they look back and go, some more than others, some larger mistakes than others. But Mm -hmm. it's still always better, I think, to to just own up to it. For sure. You know, when this, you're talking about, I was reading one of another interview that you did, that you don't like so much the writing, you like the revising. That is the truth. I hate writing, but I love revising. And if you don't write, you don't get to revise. Well, so right. I have to write. <laughs> I'm thinking, would you ever think of being an editor? But you're such a good author. Why would you do that? And I want to, if you're just joining us, we're with Jocelyn Jackson. The book is Mother May I. It is Revenge Doesn't Wait for Permission is kind of the tagline. And boy, is this a chilling page turner thriller. Do you, you know, Jocelyn, I don't know if you remember, but you were like one of three and we've been on the air since 2002, and we've interviewed, I can't even tell you how many authors, authors that actually sat down and wrote us a thank you note. Oh, well, wasn't that's, that's nice to hear that you remember that and that it mattered to you. It was a big deal, because <laughs> well, we were just starting out, it was God's in, um, God's in Alabama. Alabama. We were so excited, because we'd been fans, you know, anyway, we were just like thrilled that you were on our show, and then and then it was made into a movie, you know, with Melanie Griffith, mm-hmm. and we watched that, and then, you, were, you know, it was just, anyway, we we're excited to have you back, and really excited that for for... For us, you know, a kind of a different book for you with more of that thriller edge. Yeah, I I think that I always used to, when I was writing more Southern fiction as opposed to thrillers, I mean, even in my Southern fiction, you know, I always murdered people right, and right. bodies everywhere. Yeah. And I think as I've gotten older, my give a carer has broken a little bit and right. I don't feel like I have to be so nice and I can just move those thrilling elements right front and center instead of hiding them in tea parties and dinners. <laughs> 
it yeah, works. It's, it works. It's interesting too because um, I finished this book the same weekend that uh, I watched Promising Young Woman. Oh yeah, I loved it. It was so good, but so very much you know justice and revenge. You know, it was like that. It really made me stop and think about you know the understanding of you know, agency and consent and what is the difference between justice and revenge? Yeah, and also, like, just, you know, I, I, I'm i not going to say that the there's several, you know, I like to braid narratives, so there's three yes. different fronts going on, but one of them is definitely, like, a woman done wrong revenge story, and uh-huh. that is very satisfying to write. <laughs> I think any woman who came of age, you know, in the 80s, 90s, 2000s, or even now, my daughter says absolutely nothing's changed. There's something very satisfying about a good revenge narrative. That, you've got that are, right. Are you still getting, like, is this book, you know, are people wanting to make it into a movie? Oh, yeah. We are. I can't talk about it right now, <laughs> but mm-hmm. things are happening that are very, very exciting. I'll say that. Does Does it involve Reese or Nicole Kidman? Um, no, but okay. it involves a different, I mean, I can't say, okay, you can't say it the involves person. a name that you would know. I'll okay. say that. <laughs> I, I, you know what? It makes us so happy that, all right, I'm just going to assume it's a woman. It makes yes. us so happy that women are taking such charge in the acting world of their optioning, optioning mm-hmm. books. And there's so many brilliant books written out with strong female characters and that they're able to get them produced and made and directed. And there's just... And they're making money. Like the idea that people would not be interested in a story just because it's a a story about a woman. I think that's really finally being challenged. Yeah. There's this sort of weird hierarchy where everybody can identify with a, a story about a white guy, but if you take a step away from that, you lose so much audience. It's like, well, but if it's a woman, men aren't going to be interested. And if it's a person of color, white people aren't going to be interested. Like, it has to be a white man to be an interesting story. And I love that that's being challenged and that economically, like, we're seeing people will watch stories about Women. People who look like them <laughs> instead of just this one thing. Right. All right. So that is such exciting news. Mother May I is the book. Before we let you go, we got to ask you, what is the last great book that you read? Um, it's a book called Liberty. Have you heard of it? It's T-I-E, Liberty. It's by Caitlin uh, Greenidge. And it's sort of a, a sweeping historical book. Oh, no, like I, I already, I feel like I've seen the, I don't know, but I'm going to look it up again. But that feels no, no, I, that's for wrong. It's not, I, I, was, I looked it up really quick, it's not, and I, I got the author wrong. That's not right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's Caitlin Greenidge. That's right, I said it right. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it starts in Brooklyn, it goes to Haiti. Um, it, it is so good. Oh, Wonderful. Well, your book, Mother May I, is so great, and we love talking to you, and we hope people will buy the book at their local bookstore. We've got two copies. Thank you for giving us two copies to give away to lucky readers. And thank you oh, so much. Thank you. It was great yes. to talk to you, and we'll talk to you for your next book, we hope. I hope so, too. All right. Thanks.